0: What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost in Lifting Talk. Today, we are going to hop into another Q&A episode. So I've been receiving quite a few questions via DM on Instagram through my email and just different places, people asking questions. I really do appreciate you guys for asking questions, wanting to learn further into your fitness, nutrition journeys to be able to go out Take these tips that I'm about to give you so that you can implement them into your strategies, into the plans that you're already following so that you can get better results and more importantly, more efficient results. So I really do appreciate you guys for asking questions, wanting to learn further and develop your knowledge at a deeper level. It's beneficial to me because it gives me something to talk about and it's beneficial to you because you can take this stuff and go out and implement it. So I did just want to say that I really do appreciate you guys for asking the questions that you've been asking asking i do have quite a few here with me today we're just going to kind of shotgun style them i'm going to answer quite a few of them so i'm not going to go into super detail on each question i'm just going to answer it and move on to the next so i can help as many of you as possible in this one episode hopefully we can keep it well i'm not going to give it a time time frame because i don't know how long this episode is going to be and i don't want to rush myself or or anything like that also i do want to say Thank you guys for listening and going down below and reviewing the podcast. I've been asking on the last few episodes um, if you were willing to go down and review the podcast. I'm not asking to go give me a five-star rating. I just want reviews. The more reviews that I get, um, the more likely this show is to pop up in other people's feeds and reach more people so that I can keep doing this because – It's getting into people's ears. That's the whole point, right? For more and more people to be able to listen. So if you have two seconds you've enjoyed, you haven't enjoyed, whatever your opinion of the show is so far, I would really, really appreciate it if you could just go down below, leave it a review. Like I said, review it however you would like, whatever you think about the show. Go ahead and leave your review. If you can leave a written review, that's even better. I'm going to start doing a giveaway for written reviews. So anybody that goes down and does written reviews, I'm going to give away maybe like a program, free consultation or like a tub of protein or an Amazon gift card or something cool like that just to be able to get more reviews, reward you guys and it will help me because obviously the more reviews that I get, the more people that this podcast will be able to reach. With all of that said, let's just hop into these questions, shall we? Question number one comes from Meredith Hansen and she says tips on binge eating. So if you're having an issue with binging There's a few different ways that this can stem from. I've had problems with binge eating in the past as well. So I'll talk a little bit about my experience first because I feel like this is the main source of binging where it comes from and why people have a problem with it. So if you're always focused on fat loss and restrictions of calories and food groups, over time that leads to a negative relationship with food. You think of food as... Something that's against your goals because if we want to lose fat, we obviously have to eat less calories than what our body burns. We have to be in a consistent calorie deficit. To be in a consistent calorie deficit for a really, really long period of time is detrimental to our mental health, even our physical health, and just the way that our body operates overall. We're not meant to always be in a caloric deficit. So if you're always losing fat, if you've been trying to lose fat for 6, 12, 18 months even, chances are you you're higher risk to end up into a binging cycle because your body needs food. It's a stress on your body to always be in a deficit. So your mind's going to start playing games with you, um, make you crave food more. And once you get the taste of things that taste really good, that you feel like you shouldn't have this switch happens and, and you feel like you fell because you tasted it. So you might as well just go all in because you already messed up anyway. And that's how the binge cycle starts. Then that happens. And then you over restrict. So you binge, you eat a ton of calories And then you end up over restricting because you ate too many calories. So then when you over restrict again, then you end up in another binge because you're restricting too hard and the cycle just goes and goes and goes. So my point with this is if you are binging and having a serious problem with it that you feel like you can't get out of up calories every single day. Stop restricting calories so hard so that you're actually feeding your body and it's giving it less of an urge to want to go on all-out benches. It's okay to go through phases in your fitness journey when you're not so focused on fat loss. Fat loss shouldn't always be your number one goal. It's not healthy in the long run to always be striving to lose fat. If you're having a struggle with fat loss, you've been trying to lose fat for a really long time, you're not getting anywhere – chances are you need to take a break. That doesn't mean you need to put on a bunch of fat. You just need to come back up to a maintenance level. Calories need to be risen to a maintenance level to let your hormones recover, let your mind recover, and let your body recover so that you can end up in a good spot three, four, five months down the road to go back into a fat loss phase and actually be able to take advantage of it and not be so miserable going through these binge restrict cycles that are messing you up in the first place that are leaving you at square one instead of being able to make progress each and every week so that would be in my advice first and foremost up calories on the daily i know this is really hard this was super super hard for me to understand when i first started because i was so scared to gain fat but you can't look at calories as the enemy they're not your body needs calories so that would be my biggest thing you need to start eating more and i know that's easier said than done but you need to start talking about it once you can come to grasp with it and start eating more food you're going to start feeling so much better and your your brain's going to kind of clear and you're going to realize this crazy cycle that you're putting yourself through and it's kind of just leaving you at square one you're taking one step forward to always be taking two steps back so it's really really unhealthy so i urge you up calories if you have further questions with this feel more than welcome to reach out if this wasn't your issue and it's something else that's happening with binge eating Let me know and I'll try and help the best that I can. But this is the most common reason that people go through bin cycles. So I really do hope that this helps you. Next question comes from Instagram handle, does she dare? She says, ecto, endo, mesomorph body types need individualized macros and training. So basically she's asking, do ectos, endos, and mesomorphs all need different types of nutrition plans and training plans? This has been really big in the fitness industry in the last while is talking about these different body types, ecto, endo, and meso. When in reality, I'll be 100% honest with you, I don't look at people's body types as any three of those. I don't make different adjustments to different people's plans, depending on if they're an ecto, endo, or mezzo. We, I just look at people's goals. So if your goal is fat loss, we go through the fat loss strategy. So that would be getting you into, getting you into a caloric deficit, Focusing on strength training to hold on to any lean muscle, possibly putting on more lean muscle while we're in the fat loss phase and eating enough protein to support your individualized body. If your goal is muscle mass, we focus on putting you into a slight caloric surplus, having you gaining anywhere from half a pound to two pounds per month in weight and progressively overloading in your training with volume and weight being used, reps being performed, amount of sets being done, things like that to ensure that we're putting on muscle and your body is adapting as you're progressing month to month and you're putting on weight. So this endo ecto and meso thing, it's really big, but it's there's just no point in looking at yourself that way. You don't need to individualize your training or nutrition structure depending on if you're an ecto, endo or meso. Instead, look at whatever your goal is and go after that that goal with the correct strategies and principles it's going to take to accomplish that goal regardless if you're an ecto endo or meso, isn't going to make a difference the same principles and strategies are going to apply to you regardless of which type of body type that you are so i hope that answers your question it's not necessarily about any three of those different categories or labels you want to put on your body but it's about the actual strategies all right, the next question. This is a really good one as well. They ask, when do you add sets as opposed to rep slash weight in weeks typically and why to your training? So if the goal is muscle gain, we have to be consistently overloading the muscle, meaning you have to be using more weight, you have to be doing more sets, or you have to be performing more reps over time to be able to Force your body to adapt and grow to be able to put on muscle as time goes on. You're, you can't just go and do the exact same thing with the exact same amount of weight every single day for the rest of your life and expect to keep making progress. In order to progress, you have to progress in your performance. So like I just mentioned, reps, sets, um, weight, different things like that to ensure that you are progressing over time. So depending on your experience level, your training history, where you've been, everybody's going to need a different amount of volume to be able, in order to progress. So what he's asking is, when do you need to up that volume and why in order to keep progressing your your body further? And so my answer to this would be, you know it's time to up the amount of volume you're doing in the gym when you get stuck on progressive overload with the weight that you are using and the amount of reps that you're doing. So let's say you're doing, 225 pounds for three sets of five on the squat. If you're at a point where you can't do 230 pounds for three sets of five on the squat, or you can't do 225 pounds for three sets of six, you're just stuck at three sets of five at 225. That's the most you can perform. Then it's time to look at, because you can't progressive overload any further in terms of weight. Now it's time to look at overloading in terms of the amount of sets you're doing. So you could overload by going, From three sets of 225 for for five reps, you could change that to four sets of 225 for five reps because that's going to add an extra five reps to that workout, which is going to force you to adapt further because you're progressively overloading. Hopefully that makes sense. So if you're stuck on particular exercises, you can't push any further in terms of weight being used or the amount of reps being performed, then it's probably time to look at upping sets. Next question is good workout ideas for targeting fat loss. I wouldn't use your workouts. I wouldn't think of workouts as fat loss workouts. Your workouts are there to sustain, possibly build more lean tissue over time and your nutrition takes care of your fat loss. So your workouts shouldn't change dependent upon whatever your goal is necessarily. You should always be striving to progress just like the last question, striving for progressive overload over time in your resistance training And your nutrition is what adjusts depending on what your goal is. So if the goal is fat loss, then we're focused on getting into a caloric deficit. But workout ideas for fat loss would just be typical strength training and over time possibly adding in some cardio to further assist with burning more calories to create a bigger deficit as you start to plateau and things like that. So I wouldn't look at your workouts as fat loss workouts. I would just look at them as your workouts regardless of whatever the goal is and you're striving to progress inside of those workouts and your nutrition will take care of the fat loss for you. Next question. I'm losing weight 25 pounds down, but I haven't really seen any changes physically. So if this is your problem, 25 pounds, I feel like you should see a little bit of a change physically. So what this could potentially be is part of that 25 pounds that you've lost, a lot of that could be due to water. So you're not necessarily losing Fat, you're just losing weight. It could also be that you're not following the correct fat loss protocols. There's a difference between weight loss and fat loss. Weight loss is just simply eating less food and weight comes off. Fat loss is we're eating enough protein. We're in a slight caloric deficit to support lean muscle mass and your resistance training. That's going to ensure that you're losing fat and you're not just losing weight. So you could just be not paying attention to protein, not resistance training, just doing cardio and you're 25 pounds down, but you've lost lean mass, you've lost liquid inside of your body as well as a little bit of fat. That's not going to be as noticeable as if you're following the correct fat loss strategies and you' you've lost 25 pounds of fat. Anybody that's lost 25 pounds of fat, that's going to be noticeable regardless. So I'll just make sure your strategies are in check. You're eating enough protein somewhere between 0.75 to 1 gram per pound of body weight. you're including resistance training. And your caloric deficit isn't so detrimental that it's it's forcing your body to lose lean mass as well as, as fat mass at the same time. You're, you found that sweet spot generally somewhere around 500-ish calories below your actual maintenance level is going to ensure fat loss. So I would look at that first. If you have further questions, you're already doing those things, you're more than welcome to reach out and I will help you further if I can. We're moving along nice and quickly, which I really like. Here's another good question from Caterade22. I've answered a few of his questions. I appreciate you asking all the questions you do, man. There. are um, intelligent questions, which I can appreciate, so I like it. You ask, best way to reverse metabolic damage. So metabolic damage is basically when you've eaten far too low of calories for so long that your metabolism has adapted – and you gain weight really easily because your metabolism has adapted to a really low number of calories. So it's damaged. As you try to up calories, eat too much, you put on weight really easily. First and foremost, a lot of people think that their metabolism is damaged when really they just need a good reverse, meaning you need to slowly up calories over time to give your metabolism time to readjust to the increase in calories to get things going at a full rate again. I wouldn't necessarily say that your metabolism is damaged i would just say that you need to give it some time to recover so kind of like it's damaged i guess i i don't know you could say it however you want it i just don't like to think of it that way i just think you need to recover so you need to slowly if you've been in a deficit for a really long time you need to reverse calories slowly to give your metabolism time to adapt as calories rise so that it's slowly recovering, it's able to handle more calories as time goes on. You're slowly putting on a little bit of weight at the same time and just letting your hormones, your mind, your body, everything heal. So it would just be a slower reverse over um, each week. Every single person, I'm not going to give you a certain amount of calories that you should increase each week because it's going to be very individualized to – each person and, and whatever their history is of what they've had exactly going on. But it could be anywhere from 50 to 100 calories per week that you're adding in. And then that will just vary depending on the biofeedback of that person's body. If they're putting on weight fastly, we might we might make the increase in calories a little bit slower over time. And if they're responding very well, they're not gaining any weight, possibly even still losing weight as calories are going back up. And that can happen. Then we would look at increasing a little bit more a little bit bigger increases over time because the metabolism is responding well. So it just is all very individualized and contextual to the person's problem, what they have going on. But the answer would be just to slowly start increasing calories and then make the necessary adjustments depending upon the feedback each and every week and how the body and metabolism is responding to the changes that you're making. All right, we'll probably do two more questions here. So the next one, I consistently hit my macros, but always go over on sugar, mainly due to fruits. Is this okay? I wouldn't say that it's not okay. You might have some people tell you that, no, you get a lot of people in the industry telling you that fruit is bad, there's sugar inside of it, but it's a natural sugar. It's not a processed sugar that causes a lot of the issues that we see in some of the research that, ish, that sugar can cause if overconsumed. So I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. It's definitely not going to hurt your progress just because you're eating a lot of sugar from fruit as long as you're hitting your calories and your macronutrient targets you're going to make progress nonetheless regardless even if you're eating refined sugars um, like candy bars and whatnot and if you're hitting your caloric intake it's not going to disrupt progress in any way so i wouldn't say that it's bad if you're going like ridiculously over like 200 150 to 200 grams of sugar per day i would maybe Possibly look at lowering that a little bit, changing some of that fruit out for vegetables and whatnot. But for the most part, I don't think it's that big of a deal. So that would be my answer. I wouldn't think too much into it. As long as you're getting in all of your other vitamins, you're getting in your vegetables, you're hitting your fiber numbers, you're going to be just fine. All right. And the final question that we're going to answer today meal plan on a tight budget. There's a huge misconception that to eat healthy is going to cost you so much more than it's going to cost to just eat like a normal person without considering your health or trying to hit your macros. And this is so far from the truth. You can meal prep for just as I would argue you can meal prep just as cheaply as you can just to eat normally. I wouldn't argue. I know that you can. So if you go buy chicken breast in bulk, um, if you do rice, especially if you cook your own rice, that is super cheap. If you buy broccoli, some veggies and whatnot, you're going to be able to do it for super cheap. So I just look at doing like simple meats, frozen meats. Obviously, fresh meats are always going to be a lot more expensive. In our house, we prefer to do fresh just because we're kind of bougie and we think that it tastes a lot better, especially when it comes to our lean beef. We feel like it tastes a lot better. But if you're on a really tight budget, I would look at doing... A lot of frozen chicken breasts. You could possibly look at some frozen beef. That's all, that's probably going to be a little bit more expensive. You can do a lot of eggs for breakfast. That's not really something you would meal meal plan, but for breakfast I would do eggs. You can do oatmeal for really cheap, and then chicken and rice and veggies for lunch, possibly dinner as well, things like that. You can do it for really cheap. So don't get the misconception that you can't eat healthy because you can't afford it. It can be really cheap. If you buy rice in bulk, it's super cheap. You can buy meat in bulk for super cheap. Eggs aren't that much. Oatmeal really isn't that much. Things like that aren't going to cost you a ton. And as long as you're hitting your macros within those food groups, you're going to be just fine. So don't use the excuse of I don't have the money, so I can't eat healthy. That is so far from the truth. You've got to educate yourself a little bit. As long as you figure out your body's needs for whatever your goal is as far as your nutritional intake. So figure out your macros. Find out how many calories you need to be eating dependent upon if your goal is fat loss, your goal is muscle gain, whatever it may be. Figure that out first. Then figure out your protein intake. We've talked about this a million times. I'm not going to say how much again because you should know that by now. And then make the meal plan according to that with budget-friendly foods like chicken, frozen chicken breasts, frozen meats, rices, um, rices. I don't think rices is plural. Rice, oatmeal, eggs, stuff like that. You're going to make it work very easily. It's not that difficult to get fit on a tight budget. I promise you. All right, guys, that is going to be it for questions today. We're right in that 20, 30 minute time zone where all the episodes have been so far. So that's where we are going to cut it. Like I've already mentioned, I really do appreciate you guys for listening. I really do enjoy doing this podcast, helping you with questions. The next episode, me and my wife, Claire, have been talking for like the last three weeks about doing an episode together. And honestly, we've just gotten kind of lazy And We don't end up doing it, but I'm going to make a point to get her to sit down with me, and we're just going to have a conversation, talk about her journey through our last baby, Charlie, well, our last and only baby, Charlie, how she came back from... From that whole pregnancy journey, what worked best for her because she got back into really good shape in a really good amount of time. So I just want to talk to her about that. Maybe it will help some of you ladies that are having questions about pregnancy, how to come back from it, issues that you had, things like that. She has really good insight on all of that that she'll be able to help you with all ask her a few questions so if you have any questions that you'd like me to ask her for you you're more than welcome to shoot me those in a dm on instagram or through email and i'd be more than happy to ask her those questions as well i really do appreciate you for listening like i have already said a million times today if you would be so kind like i said leave a review go down below leave me whatever review that you think that i deserve don't just give me a five star because you think that i am asking for one give me what you think i have done and if you would be even more kind go ahead and write a review below that as always thank you so much i really do appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to me rant here in this little podcast studio aka mine and my wife's bedroom all of you have a good day